Welcome to Tardi Mechanach Yomi. My name is Adina Schmidman. Please join me at the Seum for Sefer Yehoshua on Tuesday, February 27th at 12 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Israel time. Revi Frankel will be joining us, giving us a virtual tour of the land of Israel during the time of Yehoshua. Please sign up at ouwomen.org slash seum. And now for today's Perak. Welcome to Tardi Mechanach Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Adina Shmimin, and today we will be learning Sefer Yehoshua, Perak Chaf Aleph 21. Yesterday we learned about the cities of refuge that Yehoshua was tasked to sanctify. These cities served as a social guidepost, providing refuge for the accidental murderer. The Are Miklat included three cities designated by Moshe Rabbeinu, three cities designated by Yehoshua, and the 42 cities of Shevet Levi, which we will learn about today. Rav Yigal Ariel in his Sefer Ozva Anava makes an interesting distinction between the cities assigned to the Shvatim and those designated as Are Miklat and cities for Shevet Levi. The cities assigned to the Shvatim were meant for personal use, family by family within each Shevet. By contrast, the Are Miklat and Are Levim were public cities, given to the community at large. While individuals used their land to acquire, make money, and increase assets, the Kohanim and Levim were separate from the natural physical order. Their interest and purpose was to serve Hashem, the Mishkan, ultimately the Beis Hamikdash, and the people. It's valuable to understand the history of Shevet Levi as it is related to their land assignment. In Mitzrayim, when the enslavement began, the Medrash describes how the people were lured by the Egyptians. They were told to sign up, and then these lists were used to track down the slaves house by house. It sounds eerily familiar to roundups in the ghettos and shtetls. Shevet Levi did not come forward, and therefore they were not enslaved in Egypt. When it came to the sin of the golden calf, the Chet Ego in the Midbar, Shevet Levi was not drawn into the crowd. They were the only Shevet that did not participate in the shameful act, and they were the ones to exact retribution following Moshe's directive. In an effort to remain holy and pure, Shevet Levi remained separate. They were designated for Hashem, pointed instead of the firstborn who sinned with the golden calf, and counted differently from one month old. They were also given to Aaron to serve in the Mishkan as a representative of the nation, and in this role, counted from age 30 to 50 rather than 20 to 60. When it came to the conquest of the land, Shevet Levi did not take part in the battles. Now that the seven years of conquest were completed and the land allocation commenced, the Shevet awaited their land designation. But rather than separate the Shevet into its own corner, tucked away, out of sight and out of mind, Hashem had other plans. The Levian were to be scattered among the people, in their designated cities, but at the same time charged with serving the people, teaching the people about Hashem and the proper way to live. They would be separate, but among. Disconnected, but connected. According to the Torah's directive, 
Every Shevet was required to give cities to Shevet Levi. Their cities were spread across the land, fulfilling the Pasuk we mentioned the other day in Bereshis, Perak Memtes, Pasuk Zion, 49.7. Achalkem b'Yakov, Afitzem b'Yisrael. I will divide them in Yaakov and scatter them in Yisrael. Having the Levim live in cities among the people assured a symbiotic relationship, where the Bnei Yisrael were able to provide support easily. Giving maestros didn't mean a long trip or distribution to strangers. These were people in their greater vicinity who could then focus on their spiritual work with the people. Having your spiritual leaders in cities nearby assured spiritual growth and connection. It was a local spiritual touchpoint, a public city to provide all with spiritual access, as Shiloh was not necessarily around the corner. And with that background... Let's see how the allocation of the cities of Levi unfolded. Pasuk Aleph. Vayikshu Rashei Ha'avos HaLeviim El Elazar HaKohen VeEl Yoshua Binun VeEl Rashei Avos HaMatos Levnei Yisrael. And the leaders of the fathers of the Leviim approached Elazar HaKohen and Yoshua Binun and the leaders of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel. The word Vayigash, according to the Medrash, suggests appeasement as it was used when Yehuda approaches Yosef with regard to Binyamin. The leaders of Sheva Levi approached Elazar Yehoshua and the leaders of the other Shvatim to navigate a complicated situation. As Shevet Levi had not initiated a claim on their cities, both in the times of Moshe and more recently during the division of the land, it appeared that they had renounced their claim to the land. Now they came forward, only now, since the Mishkan was established in Shiloh and their service was now required. Once they had a mission and a purpose, they felt justified to claim their cities. They were following Hashem's directive that their cities were to be designated only once the Arei Mikla were set aside. And they spoke to them in Shiloh, in the land of Canaan, saying, Hashem tziva biyad Moshe laseis lanu arim lasheves umigrishehen liv hemtenu. Through Moshe, Hashem commanded you to give us cities in which to dwell and their open lands for our cattle. The Das Mikra suggests that Eretz Canaan is mentioned here to highlight that Canaan was now conquered. And therefore, just like taking Chala from dough, it was time to be Mafrish, the cities of the Levium. Let's also discuss the design of the Are Levium. There's a lot of discussion by the Mafarshim regarding the landscape architecture. Besides the city itself, an additional area of land surrounded the city in each direction. The area was divided into two parts. One, the Migrash, which belted the city, where it was forbidden to plant grain or grow trees or build houses. Rashi in Gemara Sota, Chavzayin Amid Bez, writes, Lanoi Ha'ir Liosla La'avir. It was a green zone for beauty and fresh air. The outer belt or ring could be used by the Levium as fields and vineyards. The exact amount of the area and layout of the Migrash is debated. It is valuable to note that the distance of the outskirts of the city was to total 2,000 amos, the distance we use to measure Tchum Shabbos, the boundaries within which a person can walk on Shabbos. 
The city was designed to stand out, to be identifiable as a, a city of Levium to the visitor, but also aesthetically pleasing to the residents who lived there. The lottery system, the Goro, was used to distribute the cities to the four families of Levi, Gershon, Kahas, and Merari. The Shvatim were divided into four groups. Each group of three or four Shvatim housed a number of Levite cities. It was the Goral system, the lottery, that was used to distribute these cities to the four families of Levi. The Kohanim from Kahas, the rest of the family of Kahas, Gershon, and Merari. The names of the Shevet groups and the name of the family of Levi were drawn to determine which group of Shvatim would be matched with which family of Levi. Pasuk Dalid 4. Vayetzei hagorol lemimishpechos hakahasi. Vayihi livnei Aaron hakohen min halavim mimate Yehuda umimate hashimoni umimate binyamin bagorol arim shalosh esrei. The first allocation went to the family of Kahas, more specifically, the family of Kohanim. Why? Most importantly, states the Pasuk, because that's how the Goral fell out. The Malbim explains the term Vayetse HaGoral. When the family of Levi was called, the names of the Shvatim in which they would live would light up on the Choshen. While this Levi city distribution was according to the lottery, the Malbim adds that the holiest of the family determined the order as well. The Kohanim, the unique subset of Levim from the family of Kahas, was placed within the territory of Yehuda, Shimon, and Binyamin. Why did Yehuda and Binyamin and Shimon merit all the cities of the Kohanim? Because the Beis HaMikdash was to be built in their portion. In addition, the two Shvatim, Yehuda and Levi, were Machatanim. Aaron's wife was Elisheva, who came from Yehuda, the sister of their Nasi, Prince Nachshon ben Aminadab. Kahas transported the Aron and other vessels used within the Mishkan, and therefore the rest of the family, besides the Kohanim, were placed within Ephraim, Dun, and half of Menashe on the west side of the Yardin. These territories surrounded the Shvatim who surrounded the Mikdash. Next was Gershon. Gershon was the oldest and transported the Mishkan with its draperies and coverings. The Gershonite cities were placed within the Shvatim of Yisachar, Asher, Naphtali, and half of Menashe on the Transjordan side. And finally, Merari, who transported the walls of the Mishkan. They were placed among Reuven, Gad, and Zevulun. If you look carefully at Pasuk Zion, you'll notice that the word Gorol is absent. The Malbim notes that because this family was the last one left to be drawn, there was no need for a Goral drawing. The Perak now enumerates the cities which each of the four families of Levi received, according to the Shvatim whose territory they were in. Note that each city is listed with the words Ve'es Migrasheha, each city and its open spaces. Like we said earlier, 
the Levim had cities that were aesthetically beautiful, both externally and internally. Pasuk Lamed Tess 39. Kol arei halavim besoch achuzas b'nei Yisrael, arim arba'im u'shmona u'migrishehen. All the cities of the Levites within the inheritance of the children of Israel, 48 and their open lands. There were 48 cities in total, 6 Arei Miklat and 42 specially designated cities for the Levium. The para concludes with a review. Review is really not the best word. A better word is enumeration, an enumeration of the seven promises that Hashem fulfilled in his generosity and kindness to his people. Pasuk Mem Aleph 41. Vayitain Hashem Yisrael es kol ha'aretz asher nishpah la'seis la'avosam. Vayirashuha vayeshvu va. Hashem gave to Israel the entire land which he swore to give to their fathers and they inherited it and dwelled in it. Let's go through this Pasuk. Let's go through this Pasuk carefully to hear the promises that Hashem fulfilled to his people. Firstly, Vayitain Hashem li Yisrael es kol ha'aretz asher nishba laseis la'avosam. Hashem gave B'nai Yisrael the land, fulfilling the promise he had made to their forefathers. This was not only an ancient promise, but a promise made to Yehoshua 14 years earlier as they entered the land. If you recall, Perak Aleph, Pasuk Beis, 1, 2. Now arise, go over the Yardin, you and all these people, to the land which I give them to the children of Israel. Second, the end of Pasuk Mem Aleph. They possessed it because Hashem cleared the land from its inhabitants. Three, the Yashvuba, and they dwelt in it. Each Shevet dwelt in their land that they were allotted. Pasuk Membez 42. And Hashem gave them rest from all sides as he had sworn to their fathers. The war with their enemies had ended. This Pasuk is a fulfillment of the words of Yehoshua in Perak Aleph. Ad asher Hashem kachem. Until Hashem gives your brothers rest, as he has given you. This was a fulfillment of Yahushua's words, where he was directing the two and a half Shvatim to participate in the conquering of the land until all was quiet and there was no longer any combat. Number five, Pasuk Membez continues. Velo amad ish bifnehem mikol oivehem. And not one man stood before them from all of their enemies. There was no resistance to their wars. And finally, the end of the Pasuk. Ace kol oivehem nasan Hashem biadam. Hashem delivered the enemies into the hands of B'nai Yisrael with miracles. Finally, number seven, Pasuk Mem Gimel. Lo nafal davar mikol hadavar hatov asher diber Hashem el beis Yisrael hakol ba. Nothing was lacking from all the good things of which Hashem had told the house of Israel. 
everything was fulfilled. Every blessing and accomplishment which Hashem had promised them in the Torah was fulfilled. Even though we learned that there were cities that were in Concord, this was not a result of Hashem's failure to fulfill His promises to His people, but rather it was due to the people's mental and physical weariness. Seven exceptional gifts. Gifts that we are able to access even today. Today's parak speaks about the allocation of the cities of the Levium. Rather than separated as they were in Egypt and in the desert, in the land of Israel, Shevet Levi was placed among the people to assure that their spiritual guidance and presence would impact widely and wisely. Their cities were accessible to the public for both spiritual support and a haven for the accused. Today, our homes can be that space of growth and refuge to build connection to Hashem and His Torah. Thank you for studying together. Le'ilui Nishmot, Imotenu Hayikarod, Esther Oppenheimer, Allah Shalom, and Sarah Shanker, Allah Shalom, each deeply devoted and proud to transmit their family's Torah legacy to the next generations.